Hi, this is Chanda Rubin, and you're listening to Brothers on Tennis. Yo, yo, yo. What's up, everybody? This is your boy, Isaac. And this is your boy, Bryce. And we are Brothers on Tennis. And folks, this this is the midpoint of the French Open a la the Nadal Open. <laughs> a, la, a la man, has this Grand Slam had some drama? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, man. But it's time for us to come together and uh, just, just kind of assess what has happened in this uh, in this window of time. Sorry about that, Bryce. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no problem. Uh, my phone was ringing. Uh, but... Yeah, this has been a crazy first week of the French Open. And you know what? There are just so many storylines for us to talk about. Uh, We're going to get to all of them. But also, uh, this is going to be a very interesting second week, Um, (laughs) you know, on both the men's and the women's side. And there are some interesting storylines there. So um, for those people that are listening to this as a podcast, um, in real time, we Isaac, are we even an hour after the Serena loss yet? Uh, not even. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> so excuse us if we seem a little scatterbrained on this episode because we're right. still processing stuff and uh, the uh, yeah, crazy, crazy, crazy. So, um, <laughs> Isaac, why don't we start with uh, a topic that actually began before the French Open started? Sure. And that was the topic of Naomi Osaka. Yes. Put out a message on social media prior to the French Open even starting, stating that due to her mental health well-being, mm-hmm. she wasn't going to do any press conferences at the French Open and that, you know what, she knows that there's a fine associated with that and, you know, she's willing to pay that, but she's just not feeling it for this tournament and she just wanted to give everybody a heads up. Right. Right. Yeah. And, uh, uh, I don't believe that Naomi fully, I guess, I don't want to say understood, but she, the ramifications around that statement, I don't know that she fully understood. I I guess I just have to use that word. Um, just all of the impact that that would have. And, um, you know, it, it, it's, when you have someone like a Naomi Osaka who is putting a statement out saying, this is something that I'm not going to do. It then begins to potentially set a precedent of others Mm -hmm. players saying, okay, well, she said, I don't have, you know, she said she's not going to do this. So I'm going to make that same statement then, or I'm going to do that same thing. And unfortunately, um, when the powers that be um, from tennis reached out to her, um, they didn't get a response, and and based on that, they only had that particular post to go off of, and it just unfortunately was interpreted in a way that wasn't um, positive, and it and it really kind of pushed them to then come back and be very rigid in um, the requirements of what the players have in regards with the media. And it, it, in my opinion, and we've talked about this on our daily show, it, it blew up to a point where it, it just, it, it didn't need to go that far. I think, again, a conversation just needed to be had so that the powers that be understood sort of that mental positioning that she had and uh-huh. tried to work through something. But that unfortunately didn't happen. 
And um, because of it, um, she got to a point where she was like, I didn't realize or recognize it was going to be this big, didn't want it to be a distraction. So I'm out. And that to me was a loss for everybody. It was a loss for the tournament. It was a loss for her. It's a loss for the fans. It was just a loss. And and it was very, very disappointing that all of that had to transpire, um, you know, just within like the first two to three days of the tournament. I mean, it was crazy, (laughs) Bryce. Bryce, Bryce, what was your take on it? Because, I mean, did you have a different take or, or, or anything additional? Uh, well, I'm ju- I'm just gonna shed uh, you know some more color on what you said, um, and I'm glad we're talking about it now because we're able to look at a fuller picture a fuller picture of what really transpired. Um, and granted, yes, for those of you that don't know, every day at what is it six o'clock p.m. Pacific time, nine o'clock p.m. Eastern time. We're on Clubhouse, and we do a daily recap of the French Open results. Uh, We also take a bit of a peek at the matches that are going to be occurring the next day. So we have talked about this a little bit because in some of those recaps, you know, this was happening in real time. But back to, I guess, my thoughts on it. Uh, I had an exchange with someone on social media today, and she stated exactly what I've been feeling in case I hadn't stated it, you know, this way to other people. Someone who I, the people that I really give some side eye to in this whole situation are Naomi's advisors. I don't know who they are. I don't really know who her team is. I really don't know who her marketing and PR people are. But the impression that I got when she originally put out that statement, that looked like Naomi was in her bedroom on the edge of the bed <laughs> with her. No, seriously, with yeah, her iPhone, yeah. yep. just kind of pouring out her thoughts. Yep. And she did that, right? Um, I'm not saying that's what's happened, but that's the way it kind of came across to me. And I think where this whole thing kind of blew out of proportion is I think there was a better way for Naomi to approach this situation to get a more palatable desired result for herself. Because even when she released the second statement, when she was withdrawing from the tournament, it was so much more full of context that people started to look at it differently. And so what I have told people is that I sort of wish that second statement she put out had been the first statement because Mm -hmm. it shed more light on what her situation was. Also, you know, uh, just kind of piggybacking on the other point that you made, the, the French Open said that they reached out to her but didn't hear anything back. Once again, I wasn't there, so I don't know what happened and what didn't happen. But if Naomi's people and Naomi weren't proactively trying to engage the tournament um, about addressing this, then that was a communication breakdown. And so it makes it more understandable why the French Open then posseed up with the other majors and said, "Okay, now we're not going to start letting the tail wag the dog. Right. All right. You know. We have certain obligations to sponsors, to media. Uh, there are responsibilities that players have. And we cannot, like you said before, we cannot have Naomi setting a precedent that any player that can afford the fines can just, uh, I'm not going to do press. 
Right. That precedent could not be set. So I think it was, I, so I didn't like the way in, initially Naomi delivered the message. I didn't like how hard, you know, the majors came back right. on her. And to tie a bow on all of this, I think it just goes back to what you said. There simply needed to have been a conversation between the two. Naomi didn't need to put that out on social media. She right. just needed to talk to them. That's right. right? The rest yep. of us didn't need to know. We were going to find out anyway. Mm-hmm. Right? Exactly. Exactly. And 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 just to kind of to draw a uh, a comparison to this, a lot of people are very aware of the situation that happened many years ago with Venus and Serena Williams with Indian Wells. Yep. And so maybe from the outside, it just looks like Venus and Serena said. Okay, we're not happy with the tournament and we're not coming back. It's one of the, you know, uh, premier series tournaments that we're supposed to be mandatory to play, but we're just not going to play it. And it looked like they really had no consequence for that. But if you pull back the covers, Mm -hmm. there was much more that happened to that because originally the, um, they threatened, meaning the tour, threatened to suspend Venus and Serena. So they came hard, mm-hmm. you know, for not playing. Richard Williams, you know, put his real good Sunday suit on and came <laughs> back and said, you try to do that because my daughters are doing something to take themselves out of a situation where they don't feel safe. We will sue you. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And then there was a conversation that was held and an agreement was made that in lieu of Venus and Serena playing, Indian Wells, that they took part in promotional activities for the tour elsewhere, right? Right. So a lot of people may not be aware of that's what happened, but it wasn't like one side or the other side just put their foot down and that was it. There was a conversation that was held, a compromise was made, and that's what I felt was lacking here in the Osaka uh, French Open situation. Agree completely. Very well said, man. Very well said. So we had that situation happen this week. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> kick, kicking it off. <laughs> right, right. Now, Isaac, before we get off of that, yeah. I'm interested. What is your opinion in terms of now Naomi in part of her second statement stated that look, she was just gonna take some time away from tennis mm-hmm. uh and you know try to get herself together and hopefully, you know, deal with this whole situation. Yeah. When do you think we will see Osaka on a tennis court again? You know, in truth, Bryce, I honestly believe that she will likely come back in the summer hard court. I don't know that Naomi is really that comfortable on either clay or grass. Um, and I don't know that just for the overall, per, her overall performance, that it will do her any good to come back in the grass. Because grass court tennis is really a short window anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know that I would see her coming back to play any of the grass court tournaments, even Wimbledon, to be very honest with you. I think that she will, she will take this time, you know, to, to, to really kind of reassess where she's at, reassess what's going on, you know, just with her, her and her life and, and her career and, and, and determine, you know, um, maybe this summer hard courts, I, I, I don't, we of course don't know if the Olympics are going to be held or not. That's still, of course, a little bit up in the air. 
Mm -hmm. Um, if the Olympics happen, I believe that's right before the summer hard courts. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I would think that she would probably come back to play the Olympics because again, it being in, in Tokyo and that's her home country. And I think that there's just a lot, uh, there. I don't know that she would abandon those responsibilities um, at that point. So, so I think it's, if the Olympics are held, I would say it will be the Olympics. But if they are not or, or something happens, I would say the summer hard courts. How are you feeling about it, bro? I, I think that's right. I think that's right. I mean, it's it's hard whenever you think I, – I was talking to uh, our good friend David this morning, Isaac. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I was telling him we were just uh, once again having this whole GOAT conversation, and, and I was just explaining that it's so difficult – comparing people from different eras because the expectations were different. I mean, there's just so many differences that uh, it makes it hard to, to, to fairly compare them. But one of the things we talked about was what would be the number of majors, Chris and Martina, what would they have if they consistently played like the Australian open and even the French open? Because for those that followed tennis back then, they didn't have the same level of prestige as Wimbledon and the U.S. Open. And right. there were other tournaments like the Virginia Slims Championships that were going on at the same time at, as the Australian Open that paid more money, that gave more points, you know. And so it was like, well, shoot, of course I'm going to play the Virginia Slim Championship. <laughs> Who's going to fly away to Australia, you know, for yeah, that? And make and less. Then, right. But in today's world, it's almost unheard of to skip a Grand Slam tournament right right? so that's where it gets kind of funny for me like skipping Wimbledon is a really big thing to do but the way you laid it out made it particularly make sense for why she might do it this year Mm -hmm. um and and the other thing that I would add is you know I just really hope that this is a learning experience for Everybody. I hope it's a learning experience on the side of the tournaments in terms of how they handle the players. I hope it's a learning experience on the side of the media in terms of them truly understanding how their, what their impact is Mm -hmm. on the players and potentially the mental health. I definitely think it's going to be a learning experience for Naomi because you got to think about she's what, 22-ish something. I'm not exactly sure her age. She's young. She's a baby. Yeah, you know? exactly. And this is all new to her. So hopefully this helps her in terms of how she handles difficult situations going forward. And hopefully it helps or fires her advisors because <laughs> yes. to me, if anybody has dropped the ball, it's been whoever those people are. Yeah. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, her her advisors may be Cordray right now. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, you know, I really don't know who they are. So yeah. Um, like I said, we wish her well. Naomi is one of the brightest stars we have on the women's tour. And like you said, everybody loses when she's not a part. That's right. That's right. So let's do this. Let's just stay with the storylines on the women's side right now. Yeah. yeah. So, so Isaac, talk to me about the story of our top seed, uh, Ash Barty. Yeah, that once again, did, I mean, you talk about disappointing. I've just been disappointed. <laughs> with a lot of things that have transpired, excuse me. But um, yeah, I feel like, and I talked about this as well, is I feel like Ash played a lot of tennis uh, coming into the French Open, um, as did Sabalenka, which I know we'll talk about as well. 
But Ash Barty, um, again, played a lot, won a lot, um, really, really just to me had a, a, a great, you know, great game and a great strategy as far as coming back to the French and, and hopefully taking a second title. But um, her body started breaking down on her. Um, I think uh, she had had uh, the, the back issue. And then this one was a fluke issue where I guess um, the hip kind of uh, just she just felt something and, 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 and couldn't proceed. Um, but I don't know if you recall in one of the matches uh, that she had in, in the previous tournament, she actually fell. And I wonder if that also wasn't something that aided in that that hip issue. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, these things, they, they linger. And if you don't have that necessary downtime to really l- allow them to, um, you know, I, I won't say heal, but, you know, just to 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 settle or even understand that it's an, it's a concern they can sneak up on you. And I feel like that's something that happened to her is that the injuries just uh, started kind of mounting. Her body kind of started getting tired. And, mm-hmm. and and unfortunately, she had to pull out. So once again, extremely disappointing um, because I really felt like Ash had a great, great chance and opportunity to take this French Open. Um, but unfortunately, she had to retire. What about yeah. you, bro? What were yeah. your thoughts? Well, and I think you and like our friends, my, our friend Miles and some other people have stated that whole, you know, managing when you are peaking for a major tournament is a real thing. Yes. And just because Ash Barty knew that she couldn't go back home to Australia mm-hmm. uh, after she left uh, or she couldn't go back home without going into quarantine, right. um, that did not mean <laughs> She had to play every single week right. leading into um, the French Open. So I think also, you know, those injuries were not helped by her uh, playing every week. And so I think she kind of overdid it mm-hmm. a little bit. I think she could have managed her schedule a little bit better. Uh, she got all the success leading up to the French. But by the time she got here, she was a little worn. Exactly. So, um, so I, I definitely, you know, agree that that is a real thing. And, uh, but we, once again, another one of our favorites of the women's tour and, and we hope that, uh, she recovers and that she's, um, she's good to go come Wimbledon. Absolutely. Yeah. Because again, you know, she has, uh, a great shot of, uh, contending for, for that Wimbledon championship. We just hope that she is, uh, fully recovered and can bring a hundred percent to the court by that time. Right. Now, one of my interesting stories for you is the continuing saga of Andrescu. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. I mean, um, tell me, I mean, she, well, she, what's going on? Here's what I will say though, Bryce, she lost to Zidanecek who is actually still in the draw at this point. So, I don't know if that is as bad of a loss as we initially kind of thought and or assessed mm-hmm. because, because again, she's, you know, Zanchek, who knows what's been going on with her. She hasn't been, of course, out on the scene. We haven't seen her in, in, in a while. Um, but the fact that she's out there and, and, and still in the tournament, it, it speaks very highly for, for, you know, for her game and kind of where she's at mentally. So she had to come in this with some level of confidence 
And uh-huh. I feel like she just got a hold of Bianca with like, <laughs> ain't nobody scared of you, right? So, right. And I do apologize having a little throat issue here, but um, but yeah, I do think that um, with in in regards to Andreescu, she's just um, I don't know. It's something that um, I, I I do feel like her best tennis is on hard court as well. So uh-huh. <clears throat> even though she's um you know, kind of taking some L's. And of course she's retired and we've talked about that in, in length. Um, I don't know that this was a tournament that she was really going to really kind of make any, any strong impact on. So, so for me, her taking that L is, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's disappointing, but at the same time, I don't, I don't put a lot of uh, weight into it. I think that for her, it will also be getting back on the hard courts where we'll see, her potentially shine again if she can stay healthy. <laughs> and I'll pass right. it back to you. <laughs> what do you yeah, thoughts, well, you know, I just I don't know. It just seems like with Andrescu, it's always one thing or another. It's the opponent. It's the body. It's the scheduling. It's the you know quarantining. It's the catching COVID after people don't even really catch it anymore. I mean, it's just <laughs> you, you know, right. it's 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 just a, a lot. Uh, and she's becoming for me. Um, and I hate, I hate to say it like this because it makes it sound like really negative, but it, she's becoming the drama person right. on the tour for me. Right. It's always a story. And that's disappointing because, you know, the tennis community was very quick to anoint her, um, as, you know, kind of like that, one yes, of the next ones. Yeah. And I think we all agreed she showed the, the talent to do that. But, you know, I think we're learning from a lot of players that, it's so much more than the physical. Yes. Because yes. like I said, and, and I think one of our update shows recently, if it was just about the physical, Madison Keys and Gael Monfils would drive everybody. <laughs> right. They would just drive everybody, right? But there's so much more to it. The mental aspect, the, the ability to stay healthy, you know, it just everything. And so um, I wish her well, but, yeah. you, know, I'd, you know, I won't put any coins behind her name until I see her show consistently again that she's she's truly back. Yeah, that's a fair uh, assessment, bro, for sure. Yeah. Now, there's two people I want to kind of combine for you next, and, and they both yeah. have a similar story to me, and that is just the, the inability mm-hmm. to get it done in the majors. And, and I think it's two different reasons, and I'm sure you're going to hit them, but, you know, one of them is Fitalina. Yep. You know, once again... She didn't get the job done. Right. And the other one is Sabalenka, someone who, like Ash Barty, had looked very strong right. coming into the French Open. And once again, she was unable to get it done. Right, right. Well, I tell you what, Bryce, on, uh, for, for those two, I actually give them yeah, – I feel like there are two two different reasons for, for, mm-hmm. for them. And, I, and I'd love to hear your take, of course, on this, but – I, we again talking about the Daily Show. I, I gave my opinion on Svitolina, and I will I will repeat repeat here. I think Svitolina is a great player. I really really do. I think she's very talented. I think she's got a really nice game overall. But for Svitolina, I honestly don't know that I see her being sort of this Grand Slam champion or everything that people have kind of kind of kind of labeled her to be in that in that tier if you will and the reason i say that is because again i don't feel like she has a shot that really sets her apart 
and makes her that 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 dangerous kind of uh, uh, um, um, uh, person, if you will. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, again, all solid, very solid. She moves well. She has a great backhand, great forehand, serve is good. I mean, everything about her game is good, but there is just not one shot that really, in my opinion, sets her apart from others. So for me, I feel as though Spitalina has delivered based on her talent level. Um, if you compare her to some of the other uh, ladies in the game. Um, <clears throat> so because of that, I wasn't that surprised when she when she went out. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it was it was disappointing. But of course, it 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 to me still felt like I, I don't know. I guess I wasn't that surprised. Um, but like I said, I do like her. I love Jim's life and all, that whole thing. But <laughs> right. for, me, for me, she is performing to her level of talent. Um now, if I flip it and I start talking about Sabalenka, to me, Sabalenka has weapons. She has right. a lot of great weapons. And so for me, her loss was disappointing because, again, I more so put her in that same boat as Barty. Even though she didn't get injured, I think she peaked already. I think right. that her best tennis had already been played. And she got up in there and she got um, Pavlyuchenkova. And Pavlyuchenkova was like, Ain't nobody scared of your power. <laughs> I got power of my own. I got, I, and I am peaking because if you really look at how Pablo Chankova has been playing up to the French Open, she's taken some L's, but her her game has improved every single time. So she's now gotten into the French Open, and again, she is peaking. And she's like, "Ain't nobody scared of you." And right. So she she grabbed a whole basalica and was like, "Okay, you look like you're hungry in that third set. I'm gonna go ahead and give you this bagel <laughs> and, and let you go." Right. right. So so for me, I feel like for the two of them, it was a little bit different in the sense that Svitolina to me is is meeting expectations, whereas Sabalenka, in my opinion, peaked too soon. And I'll throw it back to you for your comments, brother. I, I think you hit it dead on, and and you know once again referencing the the conversation we had during the recap show, um, when you were making your point about you know Svitolina did not have um, you know a weapon, somebody who was in the group that day said she's got speed, and and, and, <laughs> right. and we we had to clarify speed is not a weapon, right. speed is an attribute. It's an right? attribute. It's exactly. an attribute. It can help you. Right. Yes. But you never hear somebody said say, oh, I was playing her. And on that point, she put that speed on me. <laughs> you know, that 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 isn't what happens. And so she right. has to have, like you said, a shot that she can depend on, that people have to try to avoid, that she can get winners with, whether that's a serve, whether that's a volley at the net game, a forehand, a backhand, even a return of serve. Right. Exactly. And she, and, and she does all of those things well. But none of them are what I would call greater outstanding. Uh, Sabalenka was the one that I was surprised at in this tournament yeah. because Sabalenka, like you said, had been looking great. Uh, I thought she had really, you know, we used to joke about Sabalenka saying, you know, if you sat in the front row of one of her matches, you needed to make sure you wore a helmet because <laughs> yes. you don't know where those shots be going, right? But right. It, it felt like to me like she had kind of brought that in some. That's right. And, and so I had, yeah, I'll put it out there. You know, I like to brag when I call something right, but I got to own up when I, when I call something wrong. Right. You know, I actually had Sabalenka making it to the finals. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I thought, you know, this was kind of her year for, for a deep run. Right. And, um, and I don't, 
I was I was surprised. I was definitely yeah. surprised with it. Yeah. Exactly. So, well, the last topic I have, and then you know, and if you have anything additional to bring up, you know, please. Mm-hmm. And to me, like. The, from the story of the tournament on the women's side, and I don't know that it's getting as much shine as it probably should, are the American women. <laughs> yes. Let me, let me tell you what. We, we get our clown on on the American men, and deservedly so, because yes. they're horrible. <laughs> women, let me say it again for the people in the back. <laughs> they trash. The American men are garbage, right? But the American women are are working it out. Yes, sir. Everywhere you turn, there's an American woman in the next round. I know these other players are like, "Hey, what's 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 going on?" So let's right? let's let's just talk about a few of them. I mean, you know, some of them are still in a tournament, some of them are not. Right. But but Isaac, who who do you want to start off talking about? Well, <clears throat> and I know I had <laughs> just because it's close to my heart. I, I want to start with Sloane Stevens. Mm-hmm. I still feel like Sloane is finding her way back. And I am just so very proud of her. I feel as though she has played some really nice matches coming into the French Open. And she is still in the draw. And she is playing some really, really nice tennis. She is playing Sloane Stevens tennis. And it makes my heart very, very happy. That's one American. And mind Mm -hmm. you, Bryce, when we were talking about all them Americans, when they showed the top Americans in the top 50, there were 10 women in the top 50. Sloan's not one of them. Right. Sloan is not one of those faces on the screen, which is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And I I feel like for me, it just, I'm I'm liking the fact that she is really finding her way back again. And, and I know we've, you know, we always get that inconsistent up and down Sloan, but I just feel like with, with the story and what she's been through this year in particular, I'm, I'm just really rooting for her hard to be able to find her way again. Right. And she's still in the tournament. Yes, she is. Yes, she is. Very much in the tournament. Um, Mm -hmm. Somebody for me and y'all know I'm not a fan of her, but she's not here for y'all's expectations. And that's <laughs> Sophia Kennish. <laughs> I mean, right. she just wins, right? <laughs> that's it. All she, she wins. Does. And and I think we've predicted her to lose in every round. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> or you know Well I'm gonna well, say maybe I did. You I, did. I was gonna say, yeah, because I've been actually giving her some credit because I was like, listen, y'all, you don't underestimate Kenan because she's that fighting spirit. Again, it's just one of those things. And you talk about an attribute. It's that confidence, that Mm -hmm. fighting spirit that I will not let you beat me. I will not let you break me. That to me is that that X factor that Sophia Kennan has that it's just hard to beat her. And 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 to me, she's just she's just done her thing. She's done that Sophia Kennan thing. And that's why she's still in the tournament. Uh Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Who else you got? Man, I, but as some of the folks, again, not in the tournament, like a Pagula, who Kenan took out, you still got to give mad love to because yeah. she, 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 she has been playing some great ball. She has gotten herself in the conversation. Unfortunately, it doesn't look like she'll make the Olympic team. It, it'll depend on Jen Brady, of right. course. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? But, mm-hmm. but Pagula, the year that she has had, come on, man. She's been doing, doing the thing. And for her to go out to Sophia Kenan, that's not a bad thing. So to me, she's had she had a good tournament, especially based on how she's been climbing up that hill. 
How about right. you, bro? You know, once again, somebody that you know I'm not a big fan of in particular, but uh, I was surprised to see Madison Keys once again win a couple of rounds. Mm-hmm. She had, I mean, she was, I think, wasn't she like five and or five and nine or yeah, four and nine or something year. like that? Yeah, for the year. So, yep. she, yeah, she hadn't, you know, uh, beaten a whole lot of people this year, and I had predicted that she was going to lose, you know. First round match. First round. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then uh, against, I thought Fernandez was going to beat her. And, right. you know, she got that round. Now, Azarenka was a little too much to handle. Right. But, you know, this could be a little start for something. And didn't you say, Isaac, you heard that Lindsay might yes. start working with her a little bit again? That is, that's what was reported, man. Yeah. So if, so, if Lindsay comes back to the camp, I really feel like Madison will then be able to improve her mental because to me, that is always the case with Madison Keys. She needs her mental well-being to be tight when she gets on the court because she's got such, such crazy weapons um, that we've talked about in length. Um, It's a matter of getting her head right in order to then bring those weapons together to really be able to do damage. And she's going to the grass, which is a very, very good surface for her so I, I, I'm hoping that they'll be able to get together and it will show uh, once we get onto that surface. Gotcha. Who yeah, else you got? Man. Well, and, and, you know, even though she had to retire, you got to still give some love to Jim Brady because remember, kind of we talked about it. She's kind of up and down. One, you know, mm-hmm. one tournament she'll lose in the first round. Next tournament she'll make a final. I really feel like she came in here and was trying to do some things. I mean, she had uh, Sevastova in the first round, which is not an easy draw. And, uh, you know, so she got a, got a hold of her. She got past Farrell, who has also been playing good ball. And unfortunately, she just had to retire against Coco Golf. But I mean, you got to give it to Jim Brady. She showed up and she she tried to play some good tennis here and got through a couple of rounds. So I still feel like her her game is still on the rise. She's done a lot of great things. It's just for me, I think that consistency piece just needs to get there a little bit more. But but I like where she's at. And again, she's she made that Olympics team. Yeah, and and I want to give a welcome back to Danielle Collins because we had seen her drop off and obviously we were unaware that she was having a medical issue, but she was able to have a procedure and get that handled. And it looked like that did the job because although she went out to Serena and there's obviously no shame in that, uh, up until that point, Danielle Collins was looking crazy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She was looking really good. So um, I think she plays really well on all surfaces. So um, we'll be looking forward to see how she does for the remainder of the year. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think brother, you and I both can, can talk about, you know, our, our, our young little, little, (laughs) our young little sister who's still up in there, Miss Coco golf. And, and I, I tell you what, Bryce, I, yeah, I know we'll talk about (laughs) this, of course, when we get to predictions, but Coco Golf has looked very, very good in my opinion. And um, I really am very excited for that young lady. Of course, not trying to put too much pressure on her because, again, she is only 17, just turned 17 in March. So there's Uh still a lot of future left for her, but she is playing some great ball. And we have seen some incredible improvements with her and with her game. So. She only gets better and better, and and she does the type of things you like to see. When someone has a weakness mm-hmm. or they have an opportunity area in, in their game, you like to see 
them improve on it. And that's she, right. Remember, we were talking about the forehand, and the forehand looks really good. She's really mm-hmm. cut down on those double faults, and she's always going to probably double fault a little bit because she hits an aggressive right. second serve. And I'll right. take that all yep. day long. Um, mm-hmm. I think the doubles has really given her uh, a good awareness and familiarity around the net. Right. And so she's able to take advantage of short balls. Her touch with her drop shots mm-hmm. are amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's still just 17. So, uh, like you said, we'll hit her a little bit on the predictions, but Coco Golf is just, I, I, you know, I, I expect for her to be the top American definitely within two years. I agree. I agree. May not be this year, but I would say by next year, I agree. She will be the top uh, female player. Yes. Uh, well, and probably top American. Uh, so... <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Top, yeah, top American female player. Let me, let me clarify. Exactly. <laughs> and, um, and before we get to the, obviously, the, the last one that we're going to talk about, just want to acknowledge that Venus – Yes. You know, was in a tournament and oh, we yeah. love Venus and all that. Um, you know, it's just, I don't know. What I, I will say, Bryce, is kudos, <laughs> kudos to Venus because we uh-huh. gonna keep we gonna keep it on on the on the a glass half full side, right? Kudos right. for her for trying to step out there and play women's doubles with with Coco. Yes, they didn't make it out of the first round, true enough, but still, at least she is open to that. To, to you know to doing that which is that something i feel will help venus if she's trying to really you know play again at the olympics and it will hopefully help her help her going into wimbledon as well she needs to get matches in and she needs to get some victories to help her confidence so right. i will say kudos to her for at least taking you know taking that uh um or getting into the doubles draw because as i understand it and please correct me if i'm wrong i think that it was coco golf's camp that reached out to her to ask so. to play yes. doubles, and mm-hmm. she actually accepted. So to me, that was a good thing, and hopefully that opens up her mind to playing more doubles, even if it's not with Serena, so that she can really just kind of get her game together. Because, again, we just need some of the basics to get back with Venus. So mm-hmm. I'll say that, but I'll pass it back to you on Venus. Yeah, and I'll just say also, you know, for anybody that's wondering, no, Katie McNally is still Coco's ride or die. Correct. Uh Katie uh, was injured during the qualification tournament for the French Open. So that's what produced that opportunity. Yeah, I mean, I think we have to really believe her when she says she loves playing. Um, and just, you know, you, you may not want to put, you know, your coins behind her at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but she has definitely earned the right to play as long as she wants to play and as long as tournaments want to give her a wild card and she wants to do her thing all for her. I'll always be voting for her, but, you know, with my pure tennis hat on, it's it's hard for me to predict victories for her at this point, you right. know. Exactly. Um, and let's talk about Serena, you know, just like yeah. we said, a little bit over an hour ago. Um, unfortunately, her bid for number 24 ended mm-hmm. at Roland Garros, and um, she was looking pretty good. Um, and, and, you know, with all of these upsets that we had in the draw, we thought it was an amazing opportunity for her. The one thing that scared me was because the draw had opened up, I think mm-hmm. that sometimes can add some additional pressure. Right. But, you, you know, like Billie Jean King says, you know, pressure is a privilege. a privilege. There you go. And so we would hope that she would rise to the occasion. But, you know, 
Rabakina. I mean, yeah, Rabakina yeah. went in there, was solid, was a scourge, played a, a nice, clean game. Uh, Serena, I don't know how injured she may or may not have been. We kept seeing right. that that leg tape grow every day. <laughs> right. Um, and, and I'm not – and that is not meant to take anything away from Rabakina. Um, but – you know, of course, we're we're all kind of uh, grieving right now right. <laughs> that she's yeah, out that's, of the tournament. That's a true statement. Because, yeah, the, the draw was pretty it, – it opened up really, really nice for her. And, and, and I mean, I, trying to look at this glass half full, I'm thinking, okay, Roger played three rounds, was pretty happy, got his form. He feels good going into the grass. Serena should feel the same way because, to me, she did play a very, very good match against Danielle Collins. Um, she, she, you know, she was pressed a little bit in the first two rounds against the, uh, the, um, uh, what's their, uh, Romanians. That, that's what I was going to say, Belarus, but no, Romanians, uh, in, um, um, uh, Buzarnescu and, and Begu. So, I mean, she's gotten matches under her belt. So that is a good thing. Um, <clears throat> and again, she took a L, which, okay, we didn't, we, you know, we're that, that kind of hurt, but at the same time, hopefully she's looking at it as, you know, similar to Roger. I got in some good matches, my really where I plan to contend. And I know I can, I can really challenge for is at Wimbledon. So hopefully she's thinking and has that mindset and, um, yeah, just keeping my fingers crossed. So trying to put a glass half full spin on it, but what are your thoughts, brother? Yeah, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. You know, I if I'm being completely honest, and and if people will remember, you know, my words on on previous podcasts, this whole clay court season, Serena has not looked like somebody who was going to win the French Open. Right. Uh, she didn't look good in in the lead up tournaments. Uh, she has started to look better in the French Open, but I was still very concerned. Uh, I actually thought she was going to win. She was going to beat Rabakina because I find as much as, you know, we like Rabakina, I -hmm. find Rabakina's game to be a bit one-dimensional. And so I was thinking Serena was going to expose that. But, um, you know, it wasn't meant to be. And like you said, you know what? She shouldn't be thinking a minute more about Clay right now. She should be (laughs) getting ready to board that plane to go to England, and she needs to be – scheduling court time tomorrow on the grass and start getting herself uh, ready for that. So Exactly. Uh, well, and, and since we're talking, we'll use that as an opportunity to transition to the men, because as we talk about the men that maybe need to start looking at <laughs> Wimbledon now, of course, uh, <laughs> the probably the, the other biggest news that's out there right now is the fact that today, Roger Federer withdrew from the French Open, uh, citing that after that brilliant match he played yesterday against Dominique Kepfer, um, that, you know, he, you know, he just couldn't turn it back around. And, right. and, and this wasn't the goal anyway. He was, he was just here to, you know, get some good matches in, to get grooved on the strokes. And, and, and I quote, you know, his season starts on the grass. Right. Now, obviously, Isaac, right now, there's there's a mixed bag of emotions out there. Some mm-hmm. people are not happy that he withdrew. Some people are not happy <laughs> that he used a Grand Slam as a warm-up tournament. 
there are, and this is what I'm really surprised at, and we're going to get on the media thing here uh, in a minute, but, you know, even hearing like a, a Mary Carrillo and a John yes. McEnroe make a comment like, at match point, he should have retired against right. Dominique Kepfer, which is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah, uh, one yeah. of the things we love about Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal is that they go out there and they give 100% every time they go out on the court. Right. Uh, and John McEnroe saying that, John McEnroe would have never given up a Correct. match that he could win. Um, and who knows that Roger didn't even know at that time whether he could play or not. But one of the things that Roger's coach said at the start of the tournament, he said, this would be, this would look like success for us. If we're able to get in two to three matches in the first week and then the second week of the tournament, we can start our practicing on grass. Right. Right. So he was very, they were very upfront about their intentions. So it wasn't a big surprise uh, to me that he withdrew today. And mm -hmm. I think the bigger surprise, especially to Roger, was the fact that he was still in the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. What, what do you think, Isaac? Yeah, man. I mean, my I'm all over the place, if I'm being honest with you. Um, I, I agree with you in the sense that you're just not going to give up no match. If you have the opportunity to win it, you should win it. And that's what Roger did. He was like, I can win, so I'm going to win. Right. Um, you know, do I feel bad for Kepfer? Yes, <laughs> I do. He should have um, won. He should have won, but, but, And that is the exact thing that went through my head is I felt bad for him, but then I was like, well, but then you should have just won. Mm -hmm. And then and then you you wouldn't be mad and you wouldn't be sad. And so, can I interject something real quick? Uh, go right Isaac? ahead, yes. Okay. Um, you know, you and I feel the same way about this. You know, if you win, then you continue to control the narrative. If That's you lose, right. then you're shown, shown the door. And, and, and for anybody that thinks I'm being rough, if you've listened to any of our podcasts, I am a huge fan of Kepfer. Mm -hmm. And Kepfer is someone who, I and I hope his camp gave him this feedback, I thought he played an outstanding standing match yesterday. Yes. He played a great match yesterday. I was very proud of him, but he played a goat. Mm -hmm. And a goat did what a goat does. And you can <laughs> see Roger raised his game at those critical points in the match where he needed them. So, yes, it's unfortunate that he played that well and he didn't advance, but he didn't advance. So anything mm -hmm. that Roger does beyond that match is for Roger. It's not for right. Dominic. Right. Okay. I'm sorry. No, and 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 that's a great. That's like I said. It's a great, great point. Great perspective. Um, like I said, Berrettini is the one that gets the you know gets the benefit from it. But at the same time, again, if Kepfer wanted to be in the next round, he should have got that W. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so yeah. And, and so I, of course, you know, I, you know, I, I love Roger and I feel like Roger has been very upfront and forward with what his intentions were here. So for me, it, you know, he's, he put it out there. So it's like, he did what he said he was going to do. So I'm <laughs> right. mad about it. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it, it is what it is, but, um, yeah, that's kind of where I sit on it, bro. I mean, he got what he needed. I'm hoping that it's everything, you know, uh, aligns for him to then recover and go to Halle and, and do what he does and, and really get the right preparation in to, to be able to, uh, make a, a, a strong case at, at Wilmington. And we have to pray that that, that draw ain't as crazy <laughs> right. uh, as it was for this French Open, because I would hate for him to also be on the same side as Novak and Nadal again. But um, 
I don't know. We'll see. But I tell you what, it, but it's it's the opportunity is there because based on, again, how how uh, Medi is doing, he, he will maintain number two. <laughs> I don't see that uh, changing. Oh, oh no, no. Let's be very clear about something, Isaac. If Medvedev makes the finals and Djokovic doesn't, he becomes number one. Wow, I didn't if know Me- that. If Medvedev wins the tournament, whatever Djokovic does, he becomes number one. So yeah, no, he we ain't even so thinking about losing number two. He yeah, has he a almost became number one. Yes, <laughs> you better call it. Yeah, I did not realize he had a chance to be number one after the French. That is incredible, bro. Yeah, and we're gonna talk about him in a minute too. Yeah, but yeah. Um, but yeah, back to Roger. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. So that's my thoughts on Roger. Go ahead and give uh, any other thoughts that you have, my man. Well, believe it or not, the other thoughts that I have really don't have to do with Roger per se. Mm-hmm. It has to do with the television coverage. Oh, God. There, <laughs> If you've been on social media in the last 24 hours, you have seen the fire. Mm-hmm. There are so many people that are upset that yesterday, mm-hmm. NBC, who had the rights to the match, decided to use it as an opportunity to throw it on Peacock, their app. Mm. Not just Peacock, because when I first heard that, I was like, oh, okay, you know, you have a choice to put it on whatever, and that's fine, because I've been on Peacock, and I've watched some stuff on there for free. Right. But I go out there onto Peacock, and the tennis match is actually behind the premium wall, (laughs) which, once again... You know how that whole game play, play, uh, is played out. You know, you can sign up for it and they give you a free seven-day trial period. But right. if you uh, forget to uh, cancel it, mm-hmm. then you, you get locked with in. that first charge. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. And I just could not understand for the life of me why you are putting Roger Federer. No, no, I do understand it from a money grab standpoint. Yeah, from but a money from, standpoint. But from a U.S. television coverage standpoint, where we're complaining all the time, like, why isn't tennis more popular? Why aren't people, you know, watching more tennis? Because mm-hmm. first of all, they've got to buy an upgraded package on their cable to even get the tennis channel. Right. Even when they get the tennis channel, tennis channel is going to be like, well, if you really want to see the matches you want to see, you need to pay an extra $100 a year to get TC Plus. And then when you watch ESPN, well, if you really want to watch the additional matches, we're going to put some buster matches on our regular thing (laughs) so that you got to pay to get, what is it, 3-6? I mean, no, the uh, ESPN Plus situation. Now, NBC is coming with the whole, you know, Peacock Premium situation. You know, it's expensive enough to pay to play the game of tennis. Now they're trying to make it expensive to even watch it. So I know so many people yesterday that are true, true tennis fans that missed the Roger match because they weren't going to go through all of these hoops to try to pay and watch. So if if true tennis fans are going to do it, what are casual fans going to do? They just say they're going to miss it. They just won't even know about it. And and that is a mistake uh, by the powers that be uh, of the tennis community, because that just doesn't it was that was that to me was just dumb. That was really, 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 really dumb. Um, and it's greedy. I mean, it's like, yeah. really, folks, it's just it's just you being greedy. You're just trying to get some more money. And, and, and that to me was not. No, no, it's, right. it's unacceptable, in my opinion. And And guess what? Because we don't know if Roger Federer will ever play the French Open again. Mm-hmm. 
I don't think he will. Right. People that were were not able to watch that match, I guess they got some highlights today because Serena's match was over so quick. <laughs> but, <laughs> right. you know, you didn't really get a chance to watch potentially that man's final match at Roland Garros. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It it just was a like I said, dumb dumb decision, dumb greedy decision, and uh, and shame on them for doing it. Oh, right. So anyway, so that is Roger Federer. Um, yes. I turn it over to you, Isaac. What guy do you want to hit? Um. Well, I mean, you know, first of all, I, I think we need to give some love to uh to to to, to the uh, the young Italians. I feel yes. like they are they are jumping on the scene and they are making a lot of noise and I'm talking about Musetti and Sinner. Um mm-hmm. they they both are doing extremely well. They are both in the quarterfinals. We'll see them tomorrow their matches. Um you know, it, it they're going against the goats, uh both N- uh, Djokovic and Nadal. Um so I don't know as far as chances go if that how that's going to work out for them, but still for them to be in the round of 16, I think is an incredible incredible uh result. And uh, Italian tennis is just looking great. It's, and, and they've got Berrettini right there. Yeah, right. Well, like, hell, and Berrettini already in the quarters. So he'll be waiting. <laughs> <laughs> he'll be waiting on the winner of the Djokovic Musetti uh, match. Right. But um, yeah, I, I got to give love to those Italians, man. They're doing, they doing it. And it's really awesome to see. Yeah. I think we're really starting to see um, these younger guys come in their own. And I, and I just want to acknowledge uh, just a few minutes ago, and once again, it's somebody I've been talking about, mm-hmm. uh, Davidovich Fokina. Yeah. Just uh, made it into the um, uh, the quarters. That's right. And, and, and oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. And, and, and has a chance to go further. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, because whoever he gets between Zerv and Nishikori, who, by the way, will be on Peacock Premium today, mm. Um, mm. you know, <laughs> uh, He's got a shot against both of them. That's right. I give him a shot. He's been playing some great tennis. He really, really has. He's been getting his game really, really honed in and has had a good run coming into the French Open. So, uh, yeah, very happy to see that young man progressing. And and the the crazy thing is, just like you're talking about the Italians, now the Spanish players, their future's looking kind of bright because not only do they have Davidovich Fokina, they had that Alcaraz, who right. had a very solid win against Basilashvili. That's right. Absolutely. Um, so their future is looking really, really bright. Agree. Agree completely. And uh, we're going to get our matchup. Um, well, I shouldn't say our matchup because I, <laughs> I didn't predict them to get there. But Poss and Medvedev, I mean, wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let me just speak on Medvedev for a second. Okay. Medvedev is here for it all, y'all. I mean, and we have referenced this comment he made several times in our daily recap show. He said something about those courts there at Roland Garros this year. And I don't know what exactly it is, and I don't know if it's the balls with it or whatever. He said he has been able to make an association with those to how he plays on hard court. Mm-hmm. And and I remember telling Isaac the first time I heard that comment, I was like, "Y'all better watch out." Is that <laughs> is true. We right. know we know what Medvedev does on hardcore, and I'm telling you what, I watched him. I mean, first of all, we were thinking, "Oh, we're not sure if he's going to get through Bublik, right?" 
Right. And he did relatively comfortably, right? Right. Then a lot of people were actually predicting that Tommy Paul was going to upset Medvedev because he has a good clay court background, having won, you know, the French juniors and all that kind of stuff. He treated Mm -hmm. Tommy Paul like a stepchild. (laughs) And then a lot of people were really feeling like, okay, Medvedev's really going to go out today because he's playing. I mean, mean, no, no, he's playing Opelka because Opelka was on a run. Yeah. Big man tennis. I I was there. Yeah, I was was thinking big man tennis was going to get him. And uh, Medvedev was like, yeah, no. That's right. Four, two, and four. Four, two, and four. Four, two, and four. There's the door. Holla. You know? And then today was supposed to be the real challenge because in right. terms of playing Garin, he is a true, true clay court specialist and champion. Right? Exactly. Yep. All I'm going to say is after the breadstick and the whole biscuit, hmm. Come on, I mean, man. he... <laughs> so now... Who, who need to be scurred? <laughs> is that damn <laughs> Stefano Sissipas? I'm to tell you. Because let's, let's not forget... Huh. Medvedev has won six of their seven matchups. Yes. So he's and got the he, mental edge. Right. And he's won their only matchup on clay. Crazy. Crazy, bruh. So, right. And it's not lost on Medvedev that if he makes it to the finals, he's the new number one player in the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, I don't, I don't care how much he associates Clay with the hard course now. He ain't going to beat Nadal in the finals. No, but, no, no, no. No, we ain't going to get crazy. But but I, I, I'm sure he'll take leaving the French Open with the number one ranking. You know, I, honestly, bro, I, and I know we're going to do our predictions, but I might as well go on and put it out there. I've had to readjust my draw because <laughs> I had Poss making it to the final to play Nadal. And based on how Medvedev has clowned, I had to change it (laughs) because I honestly think that this fool is about to make it. (laughs) I mean, right? I mean, come on, man. He is about to get a hold of Cesar Paz and be like, no, sir. And then anybody (laughs) else on the top half, he's going to be like, yo. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, I should say the top half of that that side of the draw. Because again, I, I do think, like you said, he will get I, – I honestly think he's going to make the final. And I think Nadal, of course, is going to definitely then show him, okay, now, now you done done good. Pat you, on the, <laughs> right. pat you on the head. That's really good for you. Right. You're not about to leave this. You, you're not about <laughs> to leave here with this Roland Garros championship. No, 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 no. you're not. Yeah. And, I, and, and you know what? Medvedev would be all right with that. He would be, for sure. He would be all right with that. Um uh, you, yeah, you 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 are so so right. And here's the funny thing: going into the French Open, when you looked at that that roster of the Russians, right, Medvedev mm-hmm. and Karatsev and Rublev and Hachinov, mm-hmm. who would have thought Medvedev would have been the last one in with a bullet arrow going up? Right. I mean, honestly, bro, Medvedev was my first to go out, even even ahead of Kachinov. Right. So the <laughs> fact that he then outlasted all of them and literally has made me switch my mind to him making it. To, and it's again, I, and I mentioned this on one of the daily shows and I, and I believe this Roger Federer said it. And I believe Roger Federer. Right. When you got, when you got confidence, mm-hmm. confidence is just, it is something that you just, it, 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 
it allows you to do some crazy, crazy things. And I think Medvedev has confidence right now. He and does. I don't, I don't see, and I don't see anybody in that bottom half draw getting in his way of making that final. I really don't. No. When he came out and said in the press conference, he loves the way he's playing and he mm. actually has expectations for this tournament. Right. Right. That's somebody who's looking to do some things. <laughs> and, 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 he, and he got Garin right now testifying from the pool pit, you know, on that. <laughs> right? Exactly, bro. Man. So, so anyway, we, we're, we're going to leave Medvedev alone and, and let him do his thing. Right. You know, and, and let's, not, let's not miss out on the big boys, right? So, oh, yeah. so far, Djokovic and Nadal have both mm-hmm. done what they do. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so, they will continue to do so, bro. I mean, like I said, if we get into to, to kind of this, uh, our prediction segment, I, I, I had Djokovic meeting Nadal and I, and I still mm-hmm. hold true to that. I, yeah. I don't think that any of these other guys will, will be able to bother them. Like I said, I, I, I commend Diego Schwartzman for, 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 you know, finding his form and making it to the round of 16. And I actually do believe he'll get past Struff if I'm being Mm -hmm. honest, even though Struff is playing some great tennis, but I think Diego is just like, yeah, I, I, I got to make up for all these beat downs that these folks been giving me of late. (laughs) So I'm going to go ahead and make these quarters, but then the doll is going to be like, yeah, I remember you beat me last year on play or the year before. And, and I still have a little chip on my shoulder for that. So he going to show Diego the door. And then I think Djokovic, of course, like I say, Djokovic is just Djokovic. I mean, he's good. I don't see Djokovic losing to anybody except for Nadal. I just, because he didn't already put it out there. He was like, I'm not planning to lose to none of the young, young, young folk. So so you might as well just call that a day. Right. Um, Yeah. So So Isaac, can can we say this and and just wrap it up with a bow? Yeah. We're saying we only, I only need to hear one thing from you in one position because we're both saying on the top half of the draw, it's going to be Djokovic and Nadal in the semis, and Nadal's yep. going to win that, and he's going to be in the finals. Correct. And then on the bottom half, we're going to say that's going to be Medvedev against mm-hmm. who? So for me, bruh, and, and it's funny that you, <laughs> I, I just, I, it's shame on me, but I just, and I'm never going to put any coins against, uh, with Vizverev. So I'm voting for Davidovich Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> I think he makes his first seed. <laughs> as much as I, you know, as much as I would love for that to be the case. <laughs> I, you know, m- my heart is with Davidovich Fokino for sure. Yeah. Um, I I just got this feeling Zverev is going to find his way to the semis. You think he'll find his way? Yeah. I actually think there's a better chance that he loses to Nishikori tonight. Mm. If he gets past Nishikori, I think he gets past Davidovich uh, Fokina. Uh And then uh, I would put Medvedev to take him out in the semis. Got it. Got it. Right on, bro. That's respectful. I'm with you. I got you. And then I guess we're both saying Nadal takes out Medvedev in yes. the, the finals. And Hoist number 14 and matches Pete Sampras's total total major uh, output at <laughs> one major. Yes. I, I, love, I love saying that. Um, <laughs> so to wrap this up, let's go and do our predictions in for the women's side. Uh, with, yes. This is crazy now. I know, who do, right? Who are we thinking are going to make the semifinals? Oh, my goodness. So, 
I, of course I'm struggling because I, I, I do feel like it's going to be a Coco, uh, uh, Sloan, uh, quarter. Mm-hmm. And I just, I'm, I'm just, that one hurts me. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it really does. Um, but I'm gonna go ahead and put my coins on, on Coco. And I think that it's going to be a Coco Iga, uh, semifinal on the top half. Who you got? I, I totally agree with you. I, I think mm-hmm. Coco Iga, when Barney went out. Yeah. For me, Coco, I lined her in for the semifinals. Right. Uh, Iga, let me just be clear. I think we're going to have repeat double champions. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I think I think Iga's going to repeat, and I think Rafa's going to repeat. So yeah. Uh, yeah. I think Iga will take out Coco in the yeah. semifinals and yep. make it back to the finals. Yep. Yep. I, I, as much as I, my heart of course is with Coco, but my head is, is with Iga because I think she, she's just playing some great tennis. She's beaten Sloan recent. I'm mean, not Sloan, but she beat Coco recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think she'll be riding off of that as well. So it's going to, it would take a major effort for Coco to get past Iga. And I just don't know that she's quite there yet. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with you. I have Iga getting it to getting to the final, and it ain't nobody in the bottom half gonna be able to bother her. She, <laughs> right. She's she been got, going to the bread store, so yeah. right. They got that alphabet soup down there at the bottom. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, but let's it. talk about that real quick. Who yeah. do we think you know is gonna make the semifinals and and the bottom, and ultimately who makes the final? Right. I, you know, it, it's hard to vote against Pavlyuchenko, but just given right. the fact that she took out Sabalenka, she took out Azarenka, both big hitters. So when she gets to get a hold of Rabakina, she's going to be like, yeah, I, 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 I've seen your game. So it's OK. Um, right. Bye. And so I feel like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? She's going to be like, she goes, I feel like Pavlyuchenko will make the semis and I think she'll play or she'll uh, uh, she'll she'll battle against uh, Bedosa. Wow. Yeah, me too. Now, who do you have winning between Pavlochenkova and Bedosa? You know, I tell you what, it's really hard to bet against that Bedosa, but I'm going to do it. I think Pavlochenkova is going to make that final. That's where we'll split. Okay. I'm 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 going Bedosa. I just feel like she's got the mojo behind her right now. Right. right. And And she saved match points. She said, there you go. She saved match points. And we know how that turns out so many times. Mm-hmm. But, then, but then Sriantek is going to take her to the woodshed. <laughs> yes, yes. And it's going to be all she wrote. And she's going to be happy with that final appearance. Exactly. Exactly. It'll be her first. Either either one of them, probably Tengva or Bedosa. It'll be their first. So, you know, right. I think they'll, they'll be happy being the runner up. Right, right. Uh, because Sriantek, she, she is just like a pit bull. Yeah, she's there. a beast. Yes. Oh, my goodness. She's looking really, <laughs> really, really good. So, well, hey, you know, before we wrap this up, we, we just want to remind everyone that we, once again, we do a daily recap show, and that's every day, 6 o'clock p.m. Pacific, 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time on Clubhouse. We have uh, an actual club, and it's called what? Brothers on Brothers tennis. On tennis. <laughs> yeah, come join us, and um, you know we we have people. It's just a group of people talking. We have nine, ten, eleven people up talking at a time, mm-hmm. uh, and giving their opinions. And it's been a really, really good thing this week. So we're looking forward to continue that through all of uh, next week. Uh, Isaac, any final words uh, from you? Uh, no, brother. Not that I can think of. I just. Uh... 
yeah, enjoy the second week of the French Open, everybody. And uh, yeah, hopefully you have a great week. Absolutely. Thanks, everyone, for joining. Enjoy the tennis. And we'll be back with you next Monday here on Locker Room to do our French Open wrap-up show. Everyone have a wonderful weekend. Take care.